Welcome, welcome everyone. If you don't know, the junior high is over there. Jake's is is uh, he's taking them to the to the glory land. So if you're part of junior high, you probably already know. Um, um before I jump into the message, we've got one quick announcement. One thing I'm, I I I really I really want. I think it's just part of what my passion is and our passionate church here is that we. That this isn't uh, this isn't the the point of church isn't to do this really well. It's to go out and do it really well, right? The point of church isn't just to get all hopped up and it's kind of like the the Christian club in here. The goal is that people outside actually get what's inside of you, and, and we do that by serving or talking to people or telling about Jesus, whatever it looks like for you. It looks like a lot of stuff. But one thing I want to uh, give you guys a um, kind of an invitation to is that we're partnering with a group called Love Costa Mesa. It's, a, it's, a, it's only a Costa Mesa gig, um, but they are, uh, but we, I've been part, we've been partnering with them for like four or five years. Um, I'm on some of their teams with, we do pastors lunches with a whole bunch of pastors once a month here, just, um, just connecting and doing unity. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Costa Mesa is one of the most unified in as far as like churches of any city in the area. Uh, I've had people tell me this, and I'm like, really? I I don't know what's in Tustin or Irvine, and it's um it's it's pretty cool. It's amazing to see how many pastors get together um, and uh, just celebrate each other. But so this is called Love Coast. I mean, it's it's happening May fourteenth. Say fourteen, May fourteenth. Okay, this is it's on a Saturday, so um, most of the stuff will be done I think by four. But honestly, if you're serving and you can't make it, I'd rather you do that than this. Um, like, that's the point of this. Okay. Um, what it is, is it's a day of uh, um, basically serving the city in, in lots of different ways. The website is lovecostamesa.com, I believe, right? Go back one more. Is that what it says? Lovecostamesa.org. Thank you. Lovecostamesa.org. So th- this is, honestly, what they've done is they've gone out and they found, like, I think it's like 40 or 50 different projects that you can jump into. So if your heart's always been to serve the city, to do something outside the church walls, but you're too timid, you just don't know what to do, you don't have any ideas, you're too busy to come up with ideas, all this stuff is is legitimate. Somebody's done all that for you, okay? And so I've picked about five or six of them that that just so you can kind of get an idea. You can choose these ones if you want. I will tell you what my family is doing. You can join me. That would be a lot of fun. Um, but you don't have to. Um, so one of them, sack lunches for the homeless community. Actually, I'm going to make sack lunches. I don't know if you pass them out. Um, um, this is on their website, and you just click volunteer, and you can see a list. It just goes on and on. Another one is painting the gates at Fairview Park. I think that's what my family's doing, because my family goes to Fairview all the time. They're, they're heavily invested in that park. It's just we have a lot of memories there. So we thought the kids would have fun painting the fence and making it look beautiful, serving the city. Another one is food distribution, west side, Costa Mesa. So if you go, it shows you where it is, how many people are we going to do there. Next slide, restoration at Fairview Park. Um, that's like, I think it's picking up sticks and garbage, which my kids didn't want to do. Um, <laughs> the next was overhaul bikes for foster, foster kids summer camp. That might be fun for some of you guys. I think that's it, right? Okay. So anyway, I wanted to give you guys some ideas. If you want to do it, the one with the painting the gate, we're going to be there. All right? Um, but I just want to give you opportunities to do this. If you don't do it, you don't have time, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep. I just want to give you guys chances to say yes to something. Amen? All right. Um, I think that's it. Let me pray. 514, Lord, we bless your name this, this evening, God. <laughs> Just 
Keep hearing Valerie's voice more than anything, God. More than anything, God, we give you honor and praise. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our lives, God, all the testimonies that are coming out of this church. I just, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, we love you, God. We bless Brady. We bless his trip. God, I pray, uh, I pray that he comes back just a different man. Oh, amen. Amen. Can I share Harper's story real quick? I won't go through the whole thing. I, I just, I got testimonies going inside of me. And if you guys don't hear what God's doing, I feel like you're going to be missing out. And I don't want you to miss out, okay? There's so many testimonies. So, um, like two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago? Last week, last Saturday in the kids' church, we have two amazing interim kids' pastors, Tawny and, and, and Kara. Tawny's here today because they've just, they've already got that thing in shape that she doesn't have to be in there anymore. Um, and so they're switching off. I love it. But they, they, they taught the kids, um, basically they taught them about the Welsh Revival. And uh, actually we're reading that a little bit during, in the mornings. You guys ever heard of the Welsh Revival? Okay, learn about it. It's amazing. Um, I won't get into it now. We should, have, we should have like Saturdays where we just talk about revival. You guys are just, just tell revival stories. Um, but anyway, they were talking about revival. They were talking about a move of God and, they just, and miracles and talking about how one little thing can set a whole lot in motion and how one little man, Evan Roberts, in Wales in 1904-ish had a prayer meeting and it set the whole world on fire. It really did. The, the Azusa Street Revival it can, can trace itself back to um, the Welsh Revival, which, which really means the Pentecostal, like, like uh, the whole Pentecostal side of Christianity can trace this. Anyway, it, it's, it's big. So this one little thing. So their daughter Harper, how old is she? Nine? Seven? Nine. She's nine. They, uh, Tawny and her had a little girl's date, and they went out to dinner after uh, on Saturday night. And uh, they're at this, and they say, hey, and I might butcher this a little bit, but I hope I get the, the, the good parts. Um, they just say, let's ask God for a word for our waitress. Wouldn't that be amazing? And so, they, so Harper says, well, I got the word joy. And so they're talking about how cool that is. And Tawny's like, well, maybe it's her middle name or something. Wouldn't that be great and all this stuff? Well, the waitress comes back, and they make a kind of longer story because it's an epic story. You should just talk to uh, Anthony and Tawny. It's amazing. But she basically, the waiter, waitress comes back, and they, they basically say, we've got a word from the Lord. And she says, the Lord? And, uh, and they say, yeah, the Lord. And so we just want to share it with you. Can we do that? So they yes. And, uh, and they said, we, we got the name, we got the word joy for you. And instantly she's like impacted and says, oh my gosh, that's my middle name. And so she, her, she's, her attention has clearly been again caught. And, and Tawny goes, that's not all. There's so much God wants to share with you. And she gets, she's like, I've got goosebumps. I just feel, this is amazing. So she, they share all this. She goes back into the kitchen. By the way, this is a really nice restaurant at uh, Fashion Island. And, they, and she's like talking to all the people in the back of the kitchen and, and telling them all what happened. And at this point, the manager comes out now and is like, excuse me. Excuse me, I just heard what just happened, and um, I'm a Christian, um, but what God do you serve? Because, because the God that I serve, I've, I've never heard him talk to anybody like this, like he did to this nine-year-old. <laughs> and so they got to just, just share their, their, like, their relationship, because clearly he was saved, but they got to share, like, there's so much to God that he didn't know about, he had never experienced, and, and, and so I just thought that was such a cool testimony. And, and, and so the heart of it is like the ripple effect of one little word begins to like, begins to go out and, and touch the whole, um, the whole kitchen staff. And, the, and, um, and actually it's, it's a fun side story is that the, the manager had been texting this, the waitress scriptures um, for the past weeks. And she, anyway, it was beautiful. 
Is that enough? Did I do it? All right, I love it. All right, come on, praise. Can we give God just the glory? <laughs> you know what it takes? It takes courage. Doesn't it take, it doesn't, you, you have all the anointing you need. It just takes courage. All right, we're going to move on. All right, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Holy Ghost. Um, have we prayed? I think we prayed. I need to pray again. All right, I'm excited. So we're going to talk about um, today. Um, I, I, was, uh, I was really excited. Let's open up your Bibles to Romans 12. Maybe I'm a little too excited. <laughs> Thank you, Destiny. I feel it. I'm not going to tell her to stop. I mean, let's go. <laughs> Words of affirmation. Let's go. All right, sorry. All right, open your mouth. I will fill it. All right, so um, Romans 12, verse 9. All right, you guys ready? You guys there? I'll give you a, a, one more second. Oh, Rick's there. All right. <laughs> Come on. All right, Romans 12, 9. All right, here we go. So I, here's what I love. By the way, before I jump into this, this is, Paul is basically, been ta he's talking through Romans about the Jews and the Gentiles. This is where Paul says, to make the Jews jealous, I, I was sent to the Gentiles, right? So that they would desire, you know, all that stuff. So he's talking, there's two groups of people in here he's talking about. And so in this, he's Paul is, is, is talking to the Gentiles, but he's also got the Jews next to him listening. And so he's, he's about to go in and to talk about how do we love one another when we look different. Okay? And so one thing I was thinking about this is when you read this, one thing I, want, I, I love to do in church is not tell you what to think, but how to think. And so I'd rather tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like than tell you the right thing to say at the right moment. Does that make sense? Rather than tell you what the word to give to the waitress is, I'd rather just tell you what God is like, and then you can just, un you can just basically pass that along. And so in this, I want you to read, what, this, is what, this is what the kingdom is like. This is how to do church. This is how to do life. This is how to do family. All right, verse 9. It says this, Paul says this, Yet let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted. Say devoted. Devoted to one another. It's strong language, you guys. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Say honor. Honor. Come on. 11. Uh, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints Practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Do you see how this is kind of, he's saying this is how we treat each other. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, the vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will reap uh, burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So that was a lot there. I, I'm always going to talk about one little verse, but I just thought that... 
I mean, we just got to hear the word sometimes. How many of you guys are a little, like, you're a little taken back, like some of the, the things God asks you to do in community? <laughs> I have to be devoted to him? Devoted? No. Yes, you do. All right, let's go back to verse 10. Um, the second part of that, it says this in my version, NASB. It says, give preference to one another in honor. I want to talk about honor today. Um, I'm really excited. I love honor. I think honor is uh, one of the most powerful things we can do. Um, we've, I've preached on honor maybe a couple of years ago, and I just felt like I wanted to hit honor yet again, um, but from a different angle. And to be honest, the more I got into this, um, as I was listening to other preachers that I don't normally listen to, um, by the way, you should do that too. <laughs> don't listen to the same people all the time. Okay? You might love that person, and that might fill your soul, but if you only listen to the same person every time, you are missing out. You are missing out on a whole new set of voices for yourself. And so uh, I won't share my journey with that, but I want to help tell you it's a, it's a good thing to do. So um, as I'm doing this, I'm realizing I have way too much stuff to talk about on a Saturday, one service. So I'm breaking this into two weeks. You're welcome. And, uh, and I just realized I need to work on making messages shorter, not longer. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about today about the, the topic of honor in the context of, of how we honor one another. Okay, not how we honor um, uh, nations or how we honor God in our city for revival. Next week I want to hit on more how does honor unlock revival in our city. But before we get revival in our city, where do you think it has to happen first? It has to happen in you. Because you are useless in revival if you can't learn to honor yourself. All right? You're just not good to anybody if you don't know how to honor people. And I thought it was rather fun today that we sung about honor. We honored people. Jones stood up and honored uh, this is the Chios. I mean, like, it's dripping with honor today. So I like it. But we're going to talk about honor. So my NASB says that. It says, give preference to one another in honor. Now, to be honest, I think the NSB is kind of weak here. Uh, the NIV, NIV is kind of weak here, too. The ESV, I think, gets it closer. The, the ESV, it says this. It says, outdo one another in honor. Say, outdo. Now, where does it come up with that? I had to look it up because I'm like, does it really? Where did you get outdo? Well, the word honor actually means to lead one another. It means to step in front of one another. To give preference, that's where you give preference, right? But if you take it, uh, if you take it kind of in the context of what he's talking about, it's, it's this idea of we're going to compete for this thing. We're going to try and lead one another. We're going to try and outdo one another and honoring each other. Which I think is pretty cool because just honoring one another feels cool but not as powerful as outdo one another. It's like challenge. How many of you guys are challenged people? You need something to be challenged for. There's your challenge. Outdo someone today, right? Outdo your wife, Mike. I think you got this. <laughs> so what is honor, though? Let's hit this. The, the, the real definition of honor. I know some of you guys have heard this word so often. By the way, um, my brother-in-law James and I were chatting today about the word honor. When's the last time you heard the word honor out in town? When's the last time we, we don't use that word anymore? It's not in our vernacular. It's actually, it's very rarely do we use it. When do we use it, though? Well, next week we're going to use it because it's Mother's Day, right? Or Sunday. And we honor the mothers, don't we? Um, we honor the, we honor, a lot of times we hear it with our veterans or the military. We honor the fallen that have gone before us, that fought battles for us. And on Veterans Day, I'm, I'm a veteran. And people, oh, I just honor your service. Thank you for your service. And that's great. 
you know, once a year we, we learn to honor maybe. And, but it's a very interesting thing is that our culture is not one. Our culture is not one to use the word. And so it's just, it's just interesting as we talk about this. But honor, honor is the definition. It means, it means high respect or great esteem. And I like this. It, it show value for something. I like that because it feels very practical to me. So high esteem, okay, esteem. Well, what is esteem? But value, I can, I can wrap my mind around value. In the old times, they used to, they used to um, use honor in the sense of money and currency, right? They used to honor people with money. Uh, that's where we get the word honorarium, right? We give honorarium to someone that's doing something for us that's maybe not required. In, 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 in King Solomon's day, uh, the Queen of Sheba, she honored him by giving him camels and all this money and praise and stuff. And so it was very normal for kings to receive gifts to be honored. And so honor is just giving value. It's just valuing somebody. You know, we, 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 we honored the Chios today because we honored, you know, who they are and what they've sacrificed. We, we honored uh, Brady. I hope you gave to him. We honor people. And it's, it's, they don't, maybe they do deserve it, maybe they don't deserve it. We give. And so we're showing honor. But let me pause here. So when I think about honor, have you guys ever heard the word glory and the word honor? Do you guys know what the difference is? I'll wait. <laughs> but I was just thinking about this. How often do we pray in worship? We say, oh, we give you all the honor and we give you all the glory and, and then the honor again and then the glory. And it's like, do we know the difference? Well, I thought it was really interesting. The more, I'll be real. I, I don't know that I fully understood the difference. I think glory is the weightiness. Well, here's what I, I love this definition. That glory is, more, is, is the value intrinsically in this. And so God has glory, not because you think he does. God has glory because it's just who he is. It's an intrinsic, innate value on them. It's nothing you can give somebody. He has glory. So when we say we give you all the glory, we're literally just partnering with who he is. We're acknowledging that he is glorious. Does that make sense? Is that good? You guys, is that kind of getting your heart and mind? And it's helpful to know we don't just spout words out of our mouth and not know what they mean because there's no, that's another message. Okay, so, but honor, honor and glory. So honor is when we give the value. It's something you can give. Um, glory is an intrinsicness that I already have. it. You don't give someone the glory in the same way. You don't create glory. Does that make sense? All right. Here's what I want to do, though. I want to I read a bunch of scripture, okay? Um, I, I'll be honest, I, didn't, I wasn't uh, on the ball enough to get them all up on the screen for you, so I'm going to read them. Um, you can just listen to me as I share them, or you can try and keep up with me. Totally up to you. You're free. Um, and so I'm going to read. What I, what I want you to get out of this is not just hearing Scripture, but I want you to recognize that honor is, is all over the place. It's all over the place, okay? You guys ready? All right, this is a little bit longer one. is Revelations 5. Revelations 5, 11 through 14. And I'm just going to go for it. So if you, if you want to catch up, you can. It says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing, and every creature, every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all the things in them, I heard saying, 
to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped him. And so honor is your destiny. Honor is when you get to heaven, you will be in this place of honoring Jesus and honoring the king. Honor is your destiny. It's the, it's the eventuality of where you're going. All right, let's do another one. Uh, uh, 1 Peter 3, 7. It says this, husbands, honor your wives. And then it says this, that your prayers may not be hindered. All right, I don't know what to tell you. It's just what the word says, husbands. Honor your wives so that your prayers would not be hindered. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. I think it's really interesting that this is the only commandment with a promise to it. Listen, you guys, you could literally go the whole year without murdering someone. No promise. You get no reward. I'm just kidding. But let's see all these other really good commandments, but no promise attached. So there's something powerful to this message of honor. And the fact that honoring your parents is somehow connected to living a fruitful life. Mother's Day is next week. All right. Just saying. All right. First Timothy 5, uh, 17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. It's just in the Bible. I'm just saying, it's in the Bible, but double honor. It's just, <laughs> I'm just Here's the point, though. The point is that, there's, that there's, there's a realness to that. The Lord actually has teachers and leaders in your life. That their, their heart and desire is to pour into you. Their heart and desire is to see you be discipled, to grow, to mature. And, and, and the Lord literally is saying, these people that are eldering, they're, they're leading, they're worthy of more honor. But I thought God gets all the honor. I'm just saying what the Bible says. We're called to honor them. And how do we honor them? We give value, right? I will get, I'm going to keep going. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 23. This is a good one. The parts we consider less honorable, we treat with greater honor. Say greater honor. Oh. <laughs> and our unpresentable parts are treated with special modesty. Whereas our presentable parts have no such need. But God has composed the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body. Isn't that interesting? So if we have division in the body, it might be because we're not honoring properly. Woo! But that is the, the, uh, but that its members should have mutual concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. Isn't that cool? Isn't the scripture good? It just fills you with meaningfulness. You're just like, oh my gosh. When we honor the least in the body, the whole body begins to rejoice. What would set a congregation on fire? What if we began to honor the least? And joy began to break out in the congregation. What if, the, what if the real, I'm not saying, what if, what if the real reason or way to get through depression in our lives is to begin to honor those with less, that are less worthy of honor? And every part rejoices with it. 
Oh, isn't otter fun? Okay, 1 Corinthians 6.18. This one, this one's a little heavier. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. But do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, say, in me. He's in there. He's in there. Whom you have received, uh, who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is not your body. Well, sorry, that's my note. Sorry. <laughs> Sound like it was still the Bible. It's not. Um, <laughs> let's be clear. Jesse's notes are not the word. Um, listen, this, you were bought at a price. So right there, God already has a value he's put on you. But this, he bought you so that your body's not your own. Right? And so, I mean, to be honest, this whole thing of uh, my rights, my body, I can do whatever I want with it. I can have an abortion if I want. It's my body. It's not. It's not your body. But the same thing goes for sexual morality. When you're, the, the sins that you do, it's, sometimes it's good to remember that, that, well, it's not hurting anybody. Right? It's just, it's not hurting anybody. No. This is the Lord's body. You're dishonoring the Lord when you sin. This isn't a sin message, but I think it's important. Like, let's not, let's not gloss over this thing. Sin's important. This is why God hates it, because there's a dishonor in it. Does that make sense? All right. We'll move on. All right, Romans, uh, 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 bah, 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 where are we? Okay, here we go. John 5, 23. And it says, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And so this is how we know that the honor is actually at the heart of the very Trinity, is that the Father honors the Son, who honors the Spirit, who honors the Father. Listen, you, you can't separate honor from the heart of God in this. And so if you, if you dishonor the Holy Spirit, do you dishonor the Trinity. If you say, well, we don't need the Holy Spirit in our church. We've got Jesus. Or you say, we don't need to talk about, the, I don't know. It all, listen, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, this is what the Bible says. Romans 13, um, I, actually I don't have the exact reference in this one. It says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authorities are rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Give to everyone that you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. And if respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And so we're called to honor our authorities, honor the governing authorities, all, honor the leaders that are put in front of us. Um, I don't know about you, but I... I'm kind of connected to what's going on in the, in, the social, in the governmental realms. And I'm not entirely excited about some things. Um, but, you know, no, no matter what you think about the people that are in government right now, we're called to honor them. And what's that mean? It means to show value. Right? The Bible actually says to honor all people. We're called to love and honor all people. But I don't have to trust them, right? No, you don't have to trust all people. But you have to love and you have to honor them. All right. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth 
And with the first fruits of all your harvest, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So, what, so after all of that, what am I saying? I'm saying that, that honor is our destiny. It's in the Godhead. It's in creation. It's in sexuality. It's in wealth. It's in human culture. It's in family. It's in parenting. It's in the church. It's everywhere. A New York uh, preacher that I was listening to, he says this, that honor is actually the operating system of God. It is the operating system. What's an operating system? You guys have a phone? We have iOS. Uh, you know, your, op- your phone runs on an operating system, right? Your computers have an operating system. These, this, is the, this, this, is ha- this is the rules and regulations that the phone operates by, the, the if, then, then that. And so all, your phone operates on this system. To, and and if, we're, if we're to actually see God show up in our cities and in our lives, we have to partner with something called his kingdom. And his kingdom has a way of operating. Does that make sense? And so he says this. So he says, when you honor people, when you show them value, right, it will go well with you in life. There are promises connected to honor. We're going to get into that. But so I just want you to recognize honor is not a side dish. It's not the, it's not the corn you order with your meal. It's, it's not the elote. I love elote. But it's, it, it's, it's, it's the main thing. It's the burrito. It's the, this is the thing. We can't operate this community outside of honor. And so in any kind of culture, in any kind of culture of honor, there will always be um, dishonor. There will always be attack. And we have a very, uh, we have a very cynical, critical culture, do we not? Um, I, I don't care what side, left or the right of politics you are, criticalness is, is like a, a sickness. It's, it's wild. Like you, some of us have to actually get off of uh, social media because the criticalness just fills our hearts with blackness, right? With, like, it's, it's like a mold. And, and I don't know why, but it's like criticalness begets criticalness begets criticism. Right? It's just bad. And this is why we shine so dang bright as Christians. Should shine so dang bright as Christians. <laughs> <laughs> I just love those. I, I love it. I have a lot of fun with that. Because I, I, I recognize, like, I'm with you guys. I've been that person sometimes. All right, so I want to hit real briefly. I don't know how briefly. Uh, uh, this, the opposite of honor. The opposite of honor is contempt. Okay? I, we don't hear that word also contempt very much, especially not on a Saturday or Sunday for church. But contempt is the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration. It's worthless or deserving scorn. Contempt. Dallas Willard says it's like looking down on something through your, over your nose. It's contempt. They're beneath me. When we show contempt, we're almost instantly putting this person below us, aren't we? Whereas honor is showing value, contempt is showing dishonor, low value. We use contempt, sometimes if we're not feeling very secure about ourselves, we'll use contempt to make ourselves feel better, don't we? Right? You see somebody that's, uh, that's doing really well or that's maybe winning at their job when you're not winning at your job. And so you, uh, you, you feel the need to let them know they're not that good. Or you feel the need to criticize how they're doing. You ever been to somebody else's church, not this one, but somebody else's church, and you thought, well, their worship isn't that good. 
I don't really like those songs. You know, I like the words, but it was just too loud. And we begin to find, we begin to find the reasons why they're not actually worthy of the honor you could give them. And what's that do? It just makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. Just makes us feel a little bit bigger because we put them lower. But you know the interesting thing is, if you were to shrink somebody else next to you, do you actually get any taller? No. You just feel taller. There's an interesting, um, there's an interesting uh, uh, thing I read by a philosopher, Robert Solomon. It says this. I'm just going to read it. It says, places, uh, that he places contempt on the same continuum as resentment and anger. So resentment, anger, and contempt. He puts them kind of on that same plane. And he argues that the difference between the three is that resentment is directed toward a higher status individual. That anger is directed to, uh, toward an equal status individual. And contempt is directed toward a lower status individual. And so it's this idea that we use contempt to keep people around us lower than us. And why is that important? I, I, I just think the opposite of, uh, it, it, it's, just, it's, it's, it's the normal sinful side of life that is afraid to lift somebody else up for fear that it might bring you down. And so, you know, contempt is it's just, it's what the world does. And we have no better place to shine bright than in this area. I mean, come on, you guys. Get on, on, on Facebook or Instagram, wherever you're, wherever you're po- or even just in your, in your classes or your work, and just begin to give praise to somebody. Just give value, right? So imagine, imagine standing somebody at your work and you say, oh, Mr. S- uh, hey, Tim, can you just stand up in front of all our coworkers? Can I just say, I, I just think you are amazing, just in front of everybody. That never happens. More than anything, you're, you're, you're sharing the contempt you have with Tim because it's just easier to tear that person down because contempt likes to be shared. Did you notice that? It likes to be passed around. Okay, we're going to move on. So listen. Um, oh, by the way, I thought it was interesting too that John Gottman, he's a psychologist with uh, relationships. He says that the number, one, the number one way that you can tell a relationship will not work out is that it has contempt in it. This is like one of those clickbait, article, click, clickbait articles that, they, that says like, Click here to find out the number one reason why marriages fail. Like, oh, dang. Click, click, click. <laughs> why is my... And you realize contempt. What is contempt? But, it's, but it's, it's dishonoring someone. It's finding something wrong with them and holding it and putting it on them so that, they, so that they're beneath you. Right? And now I have permission to actually talk bad about them because they're beneath me. Because you don't feel bad about talking. You feel bad about talking to somebody that's actually really good and pure and holy, right? But if they're beneath you, I don't feel quite as bad. But yet the Bible says for the people that are below you, actually give more honor. And so honor actually will save your relationship. Okay, so let's get on some practicals. What do we do? What do we do? Say, what do we do? Say, what must I do? I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's what I love is that we need to change our lens, all right? Some people say our filter, how we see things, our lens, our perspective. How do you see the person next to you? In fact, go ahead and look at the person left or right right now. Just look at them. If they're married, don't judge them, but just, just, just look at this. Yeah, cool. You see this talking, we're talking about that person, all right? 
Maybe turn and say, I'm t- we're talking about you. <laughs> Make it personal. Listen, Psalms 8, 4, and 5 says this. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them, you have made them a little lower than the angels. And get this, crown them with honor and glory. Woo! Listen, every human being in this room has a coronation of honor from God. That's not mine, but I sure loved it. I was going to say, I'm just going to use it. Like a coronation of honor. Like that's like, it's almost like the Lord was like, listen, Micah and Melissa, here's your crown. Penny, here's your crown. Michael, Carly, you get a crown, you get a crown, you get a crown, you get a crown, right? It's like, and we got Oprah up here, right? Everybody gets a crown. And so, listen, this person next to you is worthy of honor. Why? Because the Lord thought he or she was. So you don't have to question whether you're allowed to give that person honor anymore. I'll just take that out of your idea. I know you're wondering, is this person on my left worthy of honor? I want to make sure before I say something I'll regret, right? But no, every human being has this coronation of honor. There are no ordinary people. There are no ordinary people. I love it. I'm gonna, I, I'm, notice I'm quoting people. I'm just, it's, it's, been, it's good for me. C.S. Lewis said this, and it, it, it's a little heady but for me, not for you guys, but it, it, it's great. It says, it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, lowercase g's, to remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature, which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only a nightmare. All day long we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. And then he goes on and says, there are no ordinary people. What's he saying? He's saying that everybody you meet, even out there, is going somewhere. And you get a chance... You get a chance to speak something into them that will help them go to one direction that we want them to go in. Your words, your words, your ability to honor somebody is, is, is what is going to get them forward. The Lord has put you in front of that waitress to let them know how valuable they are. And so we have to change our lens, how we see people. Okay, I'm going to keep going. We're running out of time here. It maybe it should have been three weeks. I don't know, you guys. This is an inexact science. Okay, um, so how do we do this? I'm going to get to that part. Two, three things I want to throw at you, and then a bunch of little practicals too. But three things. One, I want you to, you to try to see their story. Everybody has a story. Uh, You have no idea what that person next to you has overcome, has walked through, the battles that they have done. Sometimes the most people that you don't want to sit next to because you're just, you're not sure about them. You're like, I don't, I get a weird vibe. That person likely has has one of the most incredible stories of where they've come from. I don't know about you, but I've I've chatted with people that um, that I've, I've heard their story and I'm like, how are you functioning? 
How are you still, how do you have a smile? And how are you laughing right now? I'm, after hearing all I heard. And so just hearing someone's story, hey, tell me about your life. I want to hear your story. I promise you it will help you honor them. Because without that, you're going to make your own story up. And I'm like, well, he's kind of weird. He just, you know, he just, I see the way he walks, and I just think he's kind of uptight. And I don't really want to know him, and I really don't want to honor him. Like, right, like, that's where we go. That's where I go. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm telling on myself here, none of you. I, but I have these thoughts sometimes. Like, oh, man, that person is so prideful. Look at her. She's got a Gucci bag, all that stuff. Like, I bet she da 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 All right, listen, if you've got kids in a minute, we'll put the slide up. Not quite yet. I, I, was, I was going shopping. No little no fact about me. I love shopping therapy. I do. Take me shopping. Lose me forever. I love it. All right. So I was in this really nice men's place because I was given a nice shirt, and, and, and I, it didn't quite fit me right, so I took it back, and I had a gift card there. So I walked in. I have no business being in this nice place. I can't afford any of the stuff in it. Um, the socks. I can afford the socks. I know I can. And so I walk in there, and um, all the guys working there are just dressed really nice. And they're just amazing at their jobs. They're used to people that make a lot more than I do. And so I'm, I, I go up, and there's a guy named, uh, I'll say his name because he's an amazing man, Joe. And I'm going to pay for this. And Joe, he knows my in-laws. He knows my family because that's the kind of place it is. And, um, and Joe's super kind. He actually remembers the name of my, uh, my son, Ari. And so I'm talking to Joe, and I... About an hour prior, I was sitting in a coffee shop thinking, just praying and stuff, just getting, just reading. And I heard the Lord say, you might meet Joe today. You should tell him about me. And I'm like, well, all right, I'll stop by that place. I still have that gift card. I, could, I need to use it. Otherwise, I'm about to keep going in there and buying socks. And so, and so I go in there and I talk to Joe. I said, hey, Joe. And we're, we're, she's checking me out. And there's a problem with the machine. And so I have my moment. And in this moment, I say, Joe? He goes, yeah. And he looks up because he doesn't understand the problem with the with computers. So he's waiting somebody else to do it. So we're literally awkwardly standing there. And I said, Joe, do you have any hobbies? And he goes, as if nobody ever asked him that in this context before. And he's like, well, yeah, I've got lots. I'm like, I'm like lots, Joe? I've got two. And, and he's like, yeah, I've got lots. And he says, he says, I'm like, well, what are they, Joe? And he says, well, I really like to read. Since, year, since 2020, I've read over 200 books. I was like, holy what, Joe, that's a lot of books. <laughs> what else, Joe? What are the other hobbies? And he goes, well, I, I'm something I'm really addicted to right now, and now I'm really interested. <laughs> Joe, tell me. And he goes, honestly, I'm just addicted to going and, and, and feeding the homeless and giving them clothes. And I was like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> I didn't expect that. Joe, tell me more about that. And he starts to tell me about their names. And he tells me about one of them just had a birthday. Because that's how well he knows these people. He says, when I show up at the transportation center in Newport Beach, he says, they all just kind of come out and they come to me. And I think they're there for my dog. But they just come and I just, honestly, I have a really nice car. I really do. I'm not trying to brag. I've just got a nice car. But it's just trashed right now because it's filled with clothes and socks. Do you know their story? Try to see their story. Try to see their calling. Find out what they're made for. What do they burn for? What are they passionate about? That's an easy question you can ask someone. Hey, Dusty, what are you passionate about? Don't, don't answer me now. But like, you just ask her and she'll overflow. And the last one, try to see their gifts. What makes them uniquely beautiful? They may, they may work at Starbucks. They may not have a job. But yet they have a gift. And if you'd ask the question, you'll find it.
And I promise you, it will be easy to honor them. It will be easy to honor them. All right, three minutes. You guys still with me? Thank you for honoring me. I feel it. How many of you guys like practical things? How many of you guys need a couple practical things to do that? Cool. Pick one or two of these things. You guys ready? I'm just going to go down the list. I'm not going to explain too much. All right, number one, start in repentance. Any revival in history started with repentance. The Welsh revival was no different. Start with repentance. You want a revival in your heart for honor, for God, for a move of God. Begin to repent for the areas you dishonored, you had contempt, you criticized, you were, uh, you, you fill in the blank. We've all done it. Just begin to ask the Lord to show you, Lord, how have I not honored? Who have I not honored? Next one, every day, every day try this. Speak, speak to one person uh, speak to one person this week, maybe every day. Uh, start small. I don't know. Speak words of value over people. Text them. Email them. I, honestly, while we were sitting there, I texted somebody on the worship team because I thought Stephen freaking knocked it out of the park. And I'm like. <laughs> and so when you, when you have these thoughts, don't be silent about them. Just text the person. It's, it's fun. Okay. Um, public praise. Stand somebody up. Tell, tell when you're standing your group of friends. Say, hey, by the way, didn't you just, don't you just love don't you just love the way Anthony just dances and has heart out over there? Oh, sorry, I called you out. I stinking love it, buddy. Like, I, when I see a free person in our community that's not afraid to worship beyond the little, little two feet little area that we feel we have to stay in, like, I'm just like, God, I want to be like Anthony. Public praise. It's easy to do. Give money. Give a gift to somebody. Give money to people. Just go put money in Brady's hand. If, if only just to get the habit going, like just unclog that giving drain. You know which one I'm talking about. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's my drain. All right. Make eye contact, people. And when you're talking to someone, honor them with your eyes. Don't be looking for the other person. I used to do it all the time when I was single, and, but I don't do it anymore. I mean, I was just, I don't know, I, I, it was a young person's church, people everywhere. I just, for some reason, I could not concentrate on one person, and the Lord really helped me with this. Like, that person in front of you is so valuable. Keep eye contact longer than you think. Okay, I told you I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe them. When you meet someone, ask them questions. Get to know them. Treat them as extraordinary. You just start there. Just assume the person to your left and your right in front of you is extraordinary. Wouldn't you want to know that person? Come on, you don't know enough extraordinary people, I promise. All right. Here's the last thing I'll say. Don't laugh at me. It's true. The last thing I'm going to say. In order for our community to really to have the encounters with God that we want, the transformation in our lives, the joy, the... It, just even wanting to be here every Saturday. We have to learn to outdo one another in honor. This isn't a one Saturday thing. Did you get that? This is a culture. This is an operating system. This is how you need to rewrite your operating system. And if you need to reset that thing, reset it. Reboot it. And if you don't know how to honor well, find people that do and just hang out with them. I know you know someone that's just like brilliant at this. Talk to Joan over there. Dripping with honor. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, you know why I laugh is because I just, I can feel the potential of what would happen if we were dripping with honor. And I don't know if I've really seen it in full. I've seen it in part. Some of you guys, you make me, you're just amazing. But if, I, I don't know what to say here. This is not a wham, bam, and you're honorable. This is a, Lord, help me to be honorable. Help me work on this thing. Help me to see people the way you see as crowned in glory and honor. And so I just want to pray for us that we would pick one person in this room maybe that you have yet to honor. And, I, I do, and so let me just pray. Father, I... I yeah, come on. <laughs> I thought it felt better in here. <laughs> I could have used you for the past hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Father, I pray right now, God, for everyone here, Lord. I pray that you would convict the hell out of our hearts, God. I pray that you would convict every place of contempt, God. I pray that you would speak to us tenderly. I pray you'd speak to us hardly. I don't know how you're going to do it, but Lord, I pray you would speak to us, that we would get every little bit of contempt, every little bit of dishonor out of our hearts, God. So right now, Lord, we just repent from any place that we have ignored somebody because they didn't look worthy of talking to that we walked by someone, that we didn't say to someone, Jesus loves you because we were, didn't see them as that extraordinary. And Father, I pray, I pray you would put a burning heart in us to love and honor people well. I, I, don't, I, I think it's just going to be so different for each one of us. So I, I don't know how he's going to do it in you, but I, to be honest, I'd love to hear about it if you ever want to tell me. Father, I pray that you would speak to us, you would lead us. Lord, it says your word says it leads us in paths of righteousness and right thinking and right acting for your namesake, God. So, Father, lead us on. Lead us in this place of honor that we would fully imitate you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. The rest is up to you guys. Destiny can't do it for you. Joan can't. We, nobody's going to do this for you. So, you guys, have an amazing week. Um, we'll see you next time.